Hello and welcome to MLW Confusion. I'm your host, Rob Kammer, bringing you all that you may or may not need to know about Major League Wrestling and its television programming. This week we have a big, big shoe for y'all. It is the Kings of Coliseum, broadcasted live on YouTube, be in sports, etc., etc., etc. This was supposed to be kind of a pay-per-view event, um, but just kind of due to how the world is still set up, uh, Major League Wrestling has decided to air this on as in lieu of its weekly uh, Fusion program. Um, so we are getting, instead of Fusion, a big show filled with multiple title matches and possible feud-ending blow-offs. We will have to wait and see. And by wait and see, of course, I mean, for everyone listening, you know, wait a max of 20 minutes or so. Um I will throw it out there that I've been like half arsedly teasing, you know, doing something special for the event. And let's face it, I didn't. Uh, the best thing I could probably have done is like some sort of watch along. And let's let's also face it that my computer is about ready to explode, um, and it doesn't like streaming terribly well, or at least broadcasting. Um, so it was probably a terrible idea. And like five minutes in, and streaming shut down and. You'd all be mad at me anyway. And also, let's face it, I have three listeners and two of them live with me. Hi, mom and dad. Uh, so that's just silly. Just silly. <laughs> Entirely too silly. Uh, but I digress. So big show today. King, Kings of Coliseum. It starts up uh, setting up the feud between Alexander Hammerstone, your national openweight champion, uh, versus uh, the Black Hand of Contra, Mads Kruger. Um, this all broke down, uh, right before the restart as Hammerstone started making comments about wanting to take on Jacob Fatu and either unify the titles or become a double champion, uh, but take on the head of, well, essentially the head of Contra, or at least the figurehead since he is the world heavyweight champion. Uh, when the restart happened, uh, Hammerstone was attacked by the, uh, this man who was unknown at the time called Mads Kruger. Um, and just totally laid out and decimated, which no one had done to Hammerstone up until this point. Uh, so we get a video package hyping that up. They will have a match tonight for the Hope and Weight Championship. We have Rich Bocini and St. Laurent uh, running down the card for the evening. So we have the Mads Kruger versus Hammerstone Weight Championship. We have the Von Eriks versus the Dirty Blondes in a Texas Tornado Bunkhouse match. We have a special grudge match featuring Injustice's Jordan Oliver versus Simon Gotch. And for the middleweight championship, Myron Reed versus the man of the hour, Leo Rush. Uh, looks like our first match of the evening is going to be the tag team championship match because the Dirty Blondes are wandering to the ring right now with Arya Blake. Uh, they are dressed to wrestle, which is the exact opposite of what you do in a bunkhouse match. But, you know, what do I know? I'm not managed by Colonel Robert Parker, who has participated in various bunkhouse matches and or managed a person named Bunkhouse Buck. So what do I know? I'm just hanging out in my mother's basement, tipper-tapping away into the internets, screaming into a microphone like I actually know something. The Von Eriks, the current MLW Tag Team Champions, are wandering down to the ring. They're dressed to Bunkhouse, though. Got some jeans. Uh, Marshall, still not wearing shoes, but whatever, man. It's come as you are, and if he never, ever, ever wears shoes except into restaurants and supermarkets, then, you know, whatever, man. That's how we're doing things, I guess. So I guess that also implies that the Dirty Blondes just wear 
their ring trunks everywhere as well, so I guess they're not getting into restaurants or supermarkets. But never mind that. We has fight. Uh, things start off hot as the bell rings, all four men punching around uh, each other. Um, and by punching around, I mean, you know, punching maybe around their heads and hitting their backs or stomachs or faces. But anyway... Bunkhouse rules, uh, tornado tag. So basically, the, there really aren't any rules except that pinfalls happen in the ring. No DQs, no countouts, etc., etc., etc. And this has fight everywhere. I mean, right away, the brawl just goes outside the ring. Uh, and not long after that, they brawl out of the building and start chucking each other around on the uh, check in tables and whatnot. Um, just. There's not any, like, specific spots. This is just wild clubbering, if you will. Uh, just strikes and throws and chokes and gouges. Um, they do make their way back to the ring, uh, where Arya Blake makes herself known by low-blowing Ross. Um, jumping on his back as well as he, you know, Von Eric's up and gets, you know, shakes off the effects of getting his dick punched. Uh, but she gets thrown off. They tease a claw there. Uh, doesn't matter, though. Uh, Von Erichs clear the uh, clear most of the ring uh, and hit their big uh, iron claw blacks, back suplex on Dale Patrick's to get the win and retain the tag team titles. After the match, they're given a microphone, and they have stated that, you know, that they're coming home, and in the meanwhile, they have an open contract to take on any team for the, for the tag team championships, uh, anyone who's willing to put their names on the dotted line, uh, just to continue to prove that they're fighting champions now that they're not in Hawaii anymore. So, that was a quick match. Um, as I said, like, there's no like spot spots, for the most part, that go like, yeah, that happened. It was just... Just a slugfest, and it was incredibly satisfying if you're into that sort of thing. And luckily for everyone, or at least, you know, for the guy talking into the microphone right now, I'm very into that. I just love clubbering. Uh, so I was thoroughly entertained for that five minutes uh, before the match is over, and I'm always going to pop for the Iron Claw and variations thereof. So we got a claw black, uh, back suplex, and it's amazing. Love it. Love it. All right. Uh, we get a recap of the Opera Cup Finals with Tom Lawler uh, taking the victory over Loki. Uh, he also gets to have a promo afterwards, noting that he's taken the cup anywhere, everywhere. It has seen things it's never seen before. Uh, horrible bathrooms has been used as a bathroom, etc. Um, but Lawler's is finally sober because he's looking for the perfect location to set up Filthy Island. Coming soon, baby. <sighs> From here, we get a recap of the Myron Reed-Leo Rush feud. Uh, basically, it boils down to Reed wanting to take on the best, and, well, let's face it, at least according to Reed, that Leo Rush is the hottest free agent around. Uh, and so he wants to prove himself against the best, and Leo, you know, he's better than all of us because he has material possessions and laughs at random inappropriate times. So, you know, it's, that is what it is, but we're going to have match tonight. Um, but not right now, because first we have the all-important MLW Pro Wrestling Illustrated Top 10. Uh, this one's slightly different than usual. Uh, we'll just say, well, let's see if we can find the difference here. Number 10, Mads Kruger. Number 9, Calvin Tankman. We have Laredo Kid, ACH, Richard Holiday, Myron Reed, 
L.A. Park. Low key. Filthy Tom Lawler. At number one, ya boy, Alexander Hammerstone. For those of you paying super attention, uh, Loki and Tom Lawler have switched positions on the list. Um, I'm not going to lie. I probably wouldn't have noticed if they didn't mention that just during the broadcast in general. So, you know, if you noticed, you're a better person than I am. But we are setting the bar high there because, let's face it, I'm the Marty Jannetty of this podcast. So, we will move on. We have an announcement that uh, Oliver Gotch has been MIA, uh, so they are going to postpone the grudge match between Jordan Oliver and Simon Gotch. Uh, That will take us to the middleweight championship match of Leo Rush taking on the champion Myron Reed of Injustice. Uh, Myron comes out with Jordan Oliver. We'll see if that leads to any shenanigans. Maybe. Possibly. I don't know. That's what Jordan Oliver's for, right? Oh, well, uh, we start off, yeah, yeah, tie up, hold exchange. My phone keeps like flashing things at me that aren't important to the, the podcast. And let's face it, shinies, shinies distract me. Um, I prefer them to be gold and not, you know, text messages, but I guess we'll just never mind that and talk about Myron Reed and Leo Rush exchanging holds. Uh, eventually, Reed will take control with a big slam. Um, it's just some back and forth, you know, jockeying for position kind of stuff. Uh, Rush is this uh, weird crisscrossy thing. Uh, it's not a true crisscross because he doesn't really cross anything so much as just run to the next set of ropes. Like he'll bounce the ropes. Reed gets ready to hit him, and instead of charging forward. Uh, he'll like hook the rope and run to the uh, the next rope adjacent, uh, and does this until he just finally like goads Reed into charging him, which gets him thrown to the uh, ring apron, where Re- uh, where uh, Rush will then hit a spring uh, kind of a headstand kick, sending Reed to the floor, and then Rush hits a big tope suicida suicide dive. Uh, outside the ring. And I'm just throwing out there right now, if you haven't noticed, I am mixing up my R's really bad between Rush and Reed. So hold it against me like how you do everything else in this podcast when I bugger things up. Um, But thanks to that little bit of interaction, Rush takes control and really like he keeps on Reed, just like just doesn't let him get much space, doesn't let him go too far away almost always keeps a hand on him. And that's something we will kind of, is a reoccurring theme from Reed and then, or from, well, Reed too, at a lesser extent, but mostly Rush, is that unless there's a big move to be had, uh, Rush doesn't allow much distance to be had between him and Myron Reed. Um, Reed, though, hits a big fiery comeback sequence out of a snapmare, uh, ends up leading to... uh, why did I write like six on back? Whatever. The important thing is, go to the floor. Uh, cross body over the top rope to the arena floor. Uh, Reed also hits a springboard uppercut, but that only gets two. Uh, fireman's carry slam into a super kick. That is also a two count. Uh, but once again, uh, Rush kind of suckers Reed. He did and gets him kicked off of the apron. Um, and follows up with an acai moonsault. Uh, taking him back in the ring, we get a twisting face buster doodad that kind of starts out like a tomokaze. Uh, gets only a two count. Uh, Reed counters a suplex into a stunner. 
Uh, big move of the match. Reed hits an inside-out cutter to the arena floor. The chest protector comes off. Roll, rolls Rush into the ring. Goes for a springboard 450. Rush moves out of the way. Hits a hits his little fancy little rebound stutter and a frog splash for the one, two, three new champ. That is right. Uh, Myron Reed has lost the middleweight championship to Leo Rush, the man of the hour. Uh, just really, I, I will say it. I'm, I you know, I've said it again. I'm ve- I've been very critical of my dislike of both Mayan Reed's and Leo Rush's wrestling styles. Um, this match very much impressed me. Um, they were, like, I wasn't a big, huge, huge fan of the uh, cutter to the floor, um, but I can make arguments of how that fit into the story, but, like, especially Rush. Rush has impressed me because I've been, like, uber critical on him, and whether he's just, we'll call it, grown up in the world of wrestling, um, or he's just always had it in him and he's just never bothered to show that in any of the matches I've watched with him. Um, but they told a pretty solid story of just trying to be the best. Um, especially with Reed, uh, or excuse me with rush trying just to not keep any, uh, keep very much distance between him and Reed unless he was going for something big, uh, like the frog splash at the end, um, et cetera. So a very good match, uh, ending the big run, as middleweight champion of Reed, they give Rush the microphone after the fact. And basically just boils down to is, what did you expect? You know, he, he's the man made of gold. He's a man made of money. And now he has the gold to back it up. He is your money weight champion. Uh, Reed was just your paperweight champion, I guess. We move on from the, the exciting match to Alexander Hammerstone with Alicia Toot. Unfortunately, they are interrupted by Joseph Samael, who is out in Saudi Arabia, I guess, in a bunker. Or, excuse me, the Arabian Peninsula. That's mostly Saudi Arabia, but it's not entirely Saudi Arabia. So I, you know, I stand corrected on that one. Uh, but it breaks, his promo breaks down that he has two gifts for the new year. One, there will be a new member of the country unit. And two, Mads Kruger is going to end the title reign and the career of ya boy Hammer. Uh, we get a brief interlude, noting that Tom Lawler's Filthy Island is coming soon. I'm curious to see what that will entail. But personally, I'm hoping for like an old school bash at the beach kind of thing where they're filming on a beach. That's all I want from it. So Tom, if you're here, if you're if you're listening to this, which you're not, of course, filthy island, no huts, ring on a beach, sunburn for everybody, because that is the real enemy of people, sunburn. We come back up to the control center with Rich and Saint Laurent, uh, but Selena De Laurenta interrupts to drop her big bombshell, and it is as follows: Next week will be the episode which Selena gets to produce for Major League Wrestling. This will be her second, I believe, second. You, you can correct me on for that one too. Um, second. Uh, episode that she has executive produced and the main event for that will be Los Parks versus the Von Ericks for the MLW Tag Team Championship. Uh, she notes that she had made a deal with L.A. Park, the patriarch of the Park clan, uh, that he would rejoin the promotionist day Dorada um, if he can get a tag team title shot. So, or, well, any title shot. And so, 
she made it happen. So that's what we're getting next week uh, with special guest referee Filthy Tom Lawler. Uh, I'm morbidly curious to see how that will uh, come into play uh, because... Lawler in himself is kind of random, but, you know, he's also the leader of Team Filthy, and Violence is Forever is one of his charges, so I'm curious to see if he'll, what he'll do there, if that'll lead to something with uh, the rest of Team Filthy or not. Also, in the meanwhile, uh, Rich Bocini announces that uh, January 20th, we will get a big World Heavyweight Championship match between ACH and Country Units Jacob Fatu, so that should be fun as well. We get the mic handed to Myron Reed. Reed is still the young goat. Uh, he is looking to do what it takes to get his middleweight championship back. When Contra attacks, it was all a rouge. Simon Gotch is there, along with Jacob Fatu, and they debuting Sean Devari. That was uh, someone kind of random and didn't expect into this. Uh, but they beat down Injustice pretty well, leaving him laying, getting covered with the flag of Contra. And so Contra grows. I, I guess Samael wasn't lying when he has sleeper agents everywhere and he's been training people in Kathmandu. I mean, let's, you know... He says the same thing in every promo, and it's like Chicken Little. You know, I don't know how many times I have to hear, Ah, we are training people in the mountains of Kathmandu. We are training people in secret bunkers underneath sunny Florida. Before, I'm just like, yeah, 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 people, people. Uh Uh-huh. You know, it's like saying, I go to the bathroom in places with toilets. I mean, yeah, it happens occasionally. But, you know, I don't need to announce it. And if really no one sees me do it, does it actually happen? Well, let's face it. We watched me pee in a toilet today. And that toilet was Sean Devari? That was a terrible, terrible metaphor. Why do you let me people, why do you people let me on a microphone? God. God. Oh, that was terrible. Let's just. Oh, never mind that. Let's just go to our main event. Let's just do that, okay? Our main event is Mads Kruger, the Black Hand of Contra, taking on your boy Hammer, Alexander Hammerstone, for the National Openweight Championship. And there's no bell. Okay, it's a lie. There is a bell eventually, but they fight before bell. Like, Hammer just charges and... uh, tries to take out Kruger before the belly rings outside the ring. They're just brawling, just beefy boy battles outside of the ring. They do get into the ring. We do have Bell. We still have his fight, I guess. Uh, But really, like, the match... (laughs) The match proper starts with Kruger throwing Hammer off the top rope, which we don't see Hammer go up top terribly often. But when we do, I guess Kruger's going to throw him off there. Um... Big Boot takes Hammer outside. We get more brawling outside the ring. And really, like, for the most part, it's just Kruger just thumping and choking Hammer. And Hammer just trying to get some space. Uh, just thumps. Thumps all around. Clubbering, if you will. Uh, but Hammer makes a comeback with a big overhead belly-to-belly. Uh, hits a pump handle suplex just for one, though. So that's that's terrifying. At least it would be if I was in the ring. But I'm also smaller than Hammer. 
and hammer a small oh smaller than Kruger. So I have already metaphorically not used the toilet at this moment, just thinking about that. Uh Mads blocks the nightmare pendulum attempt, just kind of dropping to his knees. Uh they fight into the corner. Uh, refs counting to five, trying to get in there, and they just kind of take turns shoving the referee back and s- swapping positions. Uh, Hammer will uh, take control, smack Kruger around, switch positions, Kruger smacks Hammer around, uh, just barely breaking before the five count. Uh, Hammer is eventually thrown out of the ring. Kruger follows. And uh, officially speaking, like that's pretty much the end of the match. Uh, they are just brawling all around the ring, eventually up to the stage. Referee has no choice than to complete his 20-count uh, match ends in a double count-out, and we, we get nothing. It's just, oh, the refs, uh, refs counted to 20. The match is over. It's, the match is thrown out, and we just fade to black. Um, so uh, just another just hoss fight, except this one's actually featuring, like, real hosses. Um Though it wasn't quite as wild and crazy as the bunkhouse match, but at a certain level it shouldn't be because bunkhouse match. Um, but like compared to uh, several the last several episodes where they really focused on the wrestling, this program uh, was really uh, dominated per se by just dudes beating the snot out of each other. Yes, uh, the Myron Reed middleweight championship match with Leo Rush was given a lot of time and featured a lot of chain wrestling and well, like actual wrestling. Um, we see a lot of brawling this episode and as a fan of dudes just beating the snot out of each other, I enjoyed it. Um, big fight feel really, um, overall. And though at a certain level, I was disappointed for this event to be, you know, acknowledged as, uh, you know, a modified pay-per-view that they're giving away for free. And then it's only lasting an hour. I get it. And overall, I'm okay with it just because everything would just, I don't know if you heard me snapping or not, but made three snaps, just bang, bang, bang. Like there really wasn't a whole lot of downtime uh, at all. I mean, the closest thing to downtime really was the Kruger uh, Hammerstone main event. Um, But even then, like the downtime still involved guys just clubbing each other or choking each other. Uh, so, you know, it wasn't a lot of true downtime. I mean, at best, it's called a rest hold. Um, but just a lot of stuff going on in this episode. And I'm uh, curious to see where things re- will go. Uh, as much disdain as I have for Injustice and Leo Rush, you know, the, it, it was incredibly solid. I can't complain about it. And if I can, could complain about it, it might just be semantics. Because even in my, you know, kayfabe pea brain, I could argue around some of the logic used for spots. Um, as I said, I'm a fan of a fan of the bunkhouse match. Do you love me? Just guys just beating the snot at each other, and I and you can tell you can't just tell what's going on. And more of the same with our main event. Uh, and we are getting the evolved Contra uh, unit doings too, with the addition of Sean Devari, Which of all the names in the world, I would have thought about that. Like I, you know. Wouldn't have thought Davari, especially since they haven't done much with Akira Kwan yet either. Um, but we're actually seeing Contra Unit grow um, and continue its dominance in Major League Wrestling as well. So, despite my poor metaphors and rattling on incoherently and my inability to verbally differentiate between Myron Reed and Leo Rush, 
you know, we've made it through the show. Like I said, like, if you haven't watched Kings of Coliseum, I, you know, Wednesday is very wrestling heavy right now. I get it. Um, and, but just you know, make it a point to watch this one. Yeah. Nothing bad to say about it. Just, you know, watch it. If I'm going to make any complaints, they're just sheer fanboy ones about it. Like, there wasn't enough LA Park. I need my park fixed. Darn it. Dag nabbit. Give me some bark. Um, this is now seriously like great show, great show. Um, and so that, that will do me. Uh, thank you for listening. Hang around for the plugs as I stutter my way through them. Check out the Ko-Fi Patreon, the Twitters. Sometimes I'm witty, some, but most of the time I'm just the store brand version of someone that's actually entertaining. And just thank you all for listening. I'll see you all next week. If you enjoyed the podcast, the best way you can support is to hit like, subscribe, and of course, tell your friends, family, and mortal enemies about the podcast as well. If you'd like to stay up to date on all that may be MLW Confusion, you can check out the social media links at the, well, links below, um, or I can just spout them off by mouth and hope you remember them. Uh, the Twitter and the Instagram are both found at the Nova of Cass, T-H-E-N-O-V-A-O-F-C-A-S-S. Uh, we can be found on Facebook at MLW Confusion, all one word, and of course... If you would like to help out, monetarily speaking, there are two ways you can do that. First of which is the virtual tip jar known as Kofi. Uh, so you can find me there at kofi.com slash Casanova, C-A-S-S-O-N-O-V-A. And if you're more interested in a recurring subscription type service with a batch of extra goodies, you can be like Alan Schroeder, Maverick45, or CJ Boykin and check out the Patreon. That is patreon.com slash Casanova. Again, C-A-S-S-O-N-O-V-A. Uh, backers on the Patreon are you are guaranteed two updates a week. Uh, usually one of them happens to be this po- very podcast two days early and ad-free. So if you don't want me talking about the random ads in the middle of the show, go ahead and check out the Patreon. Uh, though... I'd appreciate it if you listened to the regular podcast as well. Uh, meanwhile, check those out. Links will be in the description. Well, I guess it's not really below because, again, podcast. But, you know, check out the links in the description wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you very much.